Well, welcome to the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. I'm Mike Kidwell. And this is another episode. We thank you for tuning in. Um, Dad, go ahead and tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Well, we've kind of been going back and forth between um, metaphorically talking about baseball and, and sometimes we talk about pitching side of it and sometimes we talk about the hitting side of it. Right. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the hitting side of it. And we're going to be talking about how to um, lay down a sacrifice bunt for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So I think before that we talk about that, before we kind of lay down some scriptures that help us understand what it is to sacrifice bunt for the kingdom of God, then we need to understand what a sacrifice bunt is in baseball. And then Mm -hmm. we can just kind of um, transfer that over to the spiritual and and hopefully it will give us a, a deeper understanding of what we're trying to do. Right. So for those of you that don't know, a sacrifice bunt is whenever there's a runner on base. There could be multiple runners. There could be one runner. Um, it doesn't really matter. And um, basically what you're doing as the batter is you're bunting the ball in order to move the runners over and even try to score if there's a runner on third. And so you're basically giving yourself up so that you can help your team either score a run or get into the opportunity to score a run. Um, so, I mean, it, it comes with the name sacrifice. You're basically sacrificing yourself for an out so that you can better your team. So that, you know, you can't, you can't really have that mind when you go up to bat that, you know, I want to punch this one over the fence or, you know, I'm, I'm worried about my average or I'm, you know, trying to build my stats. You kind of have to have that um, frame of mind of the team and, mm-hmm. and not yourself when you go up to sacrifice bunt so you can just um, successfully do what the coaches ask you to do. Because most of the time when a coach asks someone to, to lay down a sacrifice bunt, it probably wasn't their first option. You know, right. they probably weren't walking out of the dugout saying, you know what, I'm going to give myself up. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times they need to be asked to. And um, I think that that happens in the kingdom of God too. So tell me, you know, I know that, you know, I coached you in baseball for a long time. Right. And um, that was a big part of our game because I always would draft a team with a lot of speed. Uh, that's all and, I care about. And then me. Yeah, that's all I cared about is fast kids, and because um, I could teach fast kids how to catch and throw and hit, but I couldn't teach fast kids how to be fast. Right. So or or slow kids how to be fast. So I always drafted that speed, and and um, that 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 really was helpful. And then when we got the speed on base, a lot of times that we would um, get on base because they were intending to sacrifice themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so kind of walk through some of that from your little league years and how that worked out for us. Yeah, so absolutely. So um, I was always the slowest on the team, and I still kind of am the slowest on the softball team that we play on on Friday nights. Um, so a lot of the times I would bat thir- third or fourth in the lineup, and so usually the top two or the top three would try to get on base. And then whenever I came up, my all, always I thought, okay, now is it time for me to hit it hard so that we can score everybody. 
And then I'd look over to you and you give me the bunt sign. And I just remember, dang it, man, come on, let me hit the ball. But then like, I, I look at the situation that we're in. I'm like, okay, well, there's a runner on second and third, or there's a runner on first and second, and there's either one out or no outs. And so I'm like, you know what? Got to listen. And so you drop down the best bunt you can, and then me and my little legs try to run it out. But usually I get out. But um, in the long run, we end up moving the runners over or even scoring a run because of it. It's funny because even though you're the one of the slower people on the team, most of the times you were my best bunner. So a lot of times if we had a really good defensive team that we were trying to face and trying to score on and we got those speed runners on the base path, um, and, and I wasn't confident that if you even hit it hard, you know, it would get past the defense because they were really good, then, you know, I'd ask you to give yourself up. And it, it was kind of that whole enticement to the defense of here's a, here's a slow kid bunning, get him out first. Right. And they would do that. And in doing that, we would usually score multiple runs because the speed would just keep running and they would just Mm -hmm. start throwing it all over the field, trying to get these guys out. And it all started by someone giving themselves up. Right. So let's look at what that means in the spiritual, because for the kingdom of God, if you're going to go to bat, He's asking you and he's asking me and he's asking all of us men and women to give ourselves up mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God. And um, so let's let's look at what that um, looks like in Scripture in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And um, we're going to go to some other scriptures in just a minute. But that's where we're going to start because Paul writes to the Roman church um, in in Romans 12 and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Okay, there's the sacrifice bunt call that the coach just put on, all right? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to offer yourselves, present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Mm. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to. How many times do we do that? Right. But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one of you, you a measure of faith. So there you see the bunt call, sacrifice mm-hmm. bunt call being thrown down by the, the great head coach God. And he's asking us to lay ourselves down for the kingdom of God as a living sacrifice. So that looks, it's kind of a three-step thing. Step one, he's asking us to present our life as a living sacrifice. So what's the first thing that you have to do if you're doing a sacrifice bunt? Because we were never one a team, we were never a team that said, you know what, let's let's be sneaky about it and right, right. Um, wait and, and turn around and bunt before um, the pitcher pitches it. So, wh- what does it look like to present yourself when you're bunting? So, whenever you go to bunt, first you got to get in your stance, and so basically what you do is normally 
if you're just swinging, your your um, body is kind of to the side or however you stand in the batter's box. But whenever you're bunting, you're basically facing the pitcher like face on, and so you're um, you're turning your body, <clears throat> and then um, to execute a perfect bunt, you get just about all the way up in the batter's box. And then you also have to make sure your hands are right on the bat because if you hold it um, wrong, there's a chance that you can get your hand hit by the ball, and that, that'll really hurt. So to present yourself in the, in the sacrifice bunt, you're, you're, it's a completely different batter's stance, and so the, bat, the bat's already in the strike zone. Right. And so the pitcher, when he's throwing that ball, he knows what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He knows that you're sacrificing yourself. And that's what God's asking us to do. He's asking us to give up of ourself, um, die to ourself, give ourself completely up, and people should be able to see that. People should be able to see us present ourselves as a living sacrifice. You know, Galatians 2.20 says that I've, I've been crucified by Christ, and mm-hmm. it's not I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And so we're not living this life for ourselves. Right. We're living this life for God. If you have been saved by grace and you're trying to, you know, walk this relationship with Jesus out every day, then you're not living for yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not your own. You were bought with a price by the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. So all of that being said, we need to present ourselves not just to God, but other people should be able to tell what we're doing. Other people should be able to tell that we're about to lay down that sacrifice bunt for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. It should be no secret. And it's not a works thing. It's not like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be one way out in public. So everybody knows I'm a Christian. And then in secret, you're living a life of sin. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is humbly with humility with um, the eyes on the kingdom of God, showing yourself as a sacrifice mm-hmm. um, to the kingdom of God. And, and a lot of that looks like um, how you treat others. A lot of that looks like how you talk to others. And a lot of that lo- looks like how you um, handle those that are lesser than you, um, mm-hmm. that, that have don't have what you have or... Um, you know, whether that's education or whether that's finances, whatever that, whatever that is, a lot of that shows up your heart for Jesus. Mm -hmm. A lot of that shows up in how you treat the less fortunate. Right. So God is all, God has blessed us all with um, gifts and callings and providence. And he's, he expects us to pour that out onto people around us mm-hmm. to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. So let's that step one is to present yourself. Step two is to be transformed. The transformation of your mind is where a lot of people get stalled up. Right. Because, you know, if you present your in baseball, if you present yourself to the pitcher, say, Hey, look, I'm I'm giving myself up. I'm gonna try to bunt this ball. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But then if you have in your mind that, you know what, I'm going to pull this bat back and I'm going to swing for the fence, even though the coach told me to, 
Lay down a sacrifice bunt. And I say that because you've done that, right? <laughs> yeah, I've done that a few times. So in in so it's a transformation of mind. You have to say, okay, the coach has asked me to lay down a sacrifice bunt for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I have to give up of myself completely. I have to present myself as a living sacrifice. Now my mind has to be focused on not what I can do, not how I can improve my average or mm-hmm. the perception of what people think about me or um, any of that. But now it needs to be transformed to what do I need to do to make the people around me successful for mm-hmm. the kingdom of God? And that that's where discipleship comes in. Right. But that takes a transformation of your mind, and that only comes through the washing of the water of the word. Right. In um, Ephesians 4, um, verse 17, and I'm going to read a few scriptures. It says, This I say, therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles do. Okay, those are the people that don't have Jesus in their heart. In the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Okay, these are people that coming up to bat and not thinking about sacrifice bunting. Mm -hmm. The coach asks them to do it, they're not going to do it. All right, their mind is on themselves. Their mind is on the things of this world. They could care less about the team, the kingdom of God. They don't care about that. Um, So that's these people. But, everybody say but. But. You have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, okay, that's through his word, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the old man which was created according to God in the true righteousness, and holiness. If we're going to be set apart, holy men of God, we need to be transformed in our minds. Mm -hmm. We need to get rid of our stinking thinking and start thinking about kingdom things and what God um, has for us and what God wants us to do and not all about ourselves. So the only way you can get your mind off of you and on Jesus is to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of walk me through some of the times that you've spent transforming your mind. Um, well, there was a lot of times, even when we played Little League, that discipline was really big for you as a coach. And um, when it came to winning games, you didn't care who started and who sat. Because whether it was, hey, you got a bad report card this week, you're not starting this game or your parents told me you got in trouble. You're not starting this game. Um, So when it came to stuff like that, you had to sacrifice yourself if you wanted to start on this baseball team. And I I remember a lot of times where I I would be failing a class and you would be like, Hey, if you want to start pitching, you better pick up your grades. 
because you're not playing on my baseball field if you're going to act like this. And so there was there was plenty of times where I had to think about the better of the team because then I'd have my teammates like, hey, man, we need you on this team. We need you to play. So you need to either pick it up or you need to step up and stop thinking about yourself so that as a team we can win. Okay, so that's the transformation of your mind on the baseball field. Now now talk to me about what it looks like in your walk with Jesus, some times that you've spent transforming your mind for the kingdom of God. Well, there's a lot of times where um, when I used to be one of the leaders for the youth group here at the church that I would have to give up my personal agenda because there was times where guys were like, hey, we have a softball tonight. If you want to join, um, you can. We, we need an extra player. And I'd have to tell them, sorry, guys, I'm, I'm a youth leader at my church. We, we do youth on Sunday nights. I can't play tonight. And so um, focusing more on the kids and the next generation, <clears throat> not just that, but then taking time out of my personal life to prepare a sermon. Um, when you're working 40 plus hours a week and then your your only relaxed time is when you're off and then me um, getting married in December and trying to fit in time with my fiance, just trying to enjoy time together. And then I'm like, dang, like I have to preach this Sunday. I really need to um, get something ready because if I don't, I'm failing these kids. And so you really have to renew and transform the way you think and then have the discipline and set so that you can be like, okay, I, I need to take this time to really hash out what I'm going to say. And in those moments is usually whenever God's like, hey, here's what you you need to talk about. Or here's here's a subject that I feel like these kids need to hear this week. Because you give up of yourself. Right. So... You've talked to us now about the transformation of your mind on the baseball field. You've kind of talked to us about the transformation of your mind um, for the kingdom of God in a group setting. Now kind of share with us the transformation of your mind in your personal life and how you have to do that, how you how you do that mm-hmm. every day. Um, so you're not thinking about this world knits things, but you're thinking about Jesus. So what what do you what are your disciplines that help you daily transform your mind? Um, well, a big part of it is when it comes to setting time for devotion. And for me, I I like to sleep in and I don't always get the opportunity to do so because I'm working or I have stuff to do on the weekends. And so when it comes to the weekdays, when I have to go to work, it's sacrificing an hour or two of sleep so that I can do a devotion before I go to work, get my mind right for the day so that whenever I go to work and temptation starts to come or um, stress from work starts to rise, I'm not falling. So because I, I have my mind 
already prepared for that day. And so it, sacrificing some sleep is a big thing for me um, every day so that I can hash out and really take the time I need to prepare myself for that day. Good, good. So we've got step one is present yourself, you know, just like a bunner presents himself to the pitcher that he's sacrificing himself um, mm-hmm. up for the team. Then step two is to be transformed in your mind. And I think we all know that that happens through the word of God. Spending time with Jesus really cleans our minds up. Helps us think about the things of the kingdom of God instead of the things of this world. And um, so, so that washing every day of our mind is only going to happen spending time with Jesus. Don't get it twisted and think that you can transform your mind um, with five seconds in the Word, mm-hmm. and then you're you're on social media, and you've you're energizing your mind with all these things that the world has to offer. And um, now your your mind is not set on the things of God, but they're set on the things of this world. So it's not about how much time you spend mm-hmm. in the presence of the Lord. It's about being disciplined to do that. And if you spend more time um, each morning in the things of this world and what it has to offer than you do spending time with God, then, um, you know, what's going to be fed more is your flesh and your, your, so you're going to be fleshly thinking that day. Mm-hmm. So you really have to find a balance. You really have to find a spiritual discipline to feed your mind, the things of God more than you're feeding the mind, the things of this world. And sometimes that has to, that, that has to take a discipline and saying, you know what, I'm not going to watch that movie because it has things in it that will have me thinking of things of this world instead of things of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe it's music or whatever, you know, social media. There's a lot of things on social media that are vile. And, you know, so you have to really be disciplined in your mind to know what is edifying and building up for the kingdom of God and what could destroy you and really take you down a path that you don't want to go. And so the last step, the third step for this living a living sacrifice for God is to um to have action. Okay, it says in here to prove what is good and acceptable to God. Okay, it says um, right there in verse two, and do not be conformed to the this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, in a baseball sense. You've presented yourself, mm-hmm. you've transformed your mind and got your mind off yourself and you got it on the kingdom stuff. And now you've, now you got the action of actually doing it. Mm-hmm. You're actually laying down that sacrifice, but you're actually giving up yourself. And this isn't about works. It's not about proving your faith because that's not what you do. But the overflow of your relationship with Christ should come out in what you think, say, and do. Right. So, that is what the action should look like is it should look like you've spent time with Jesus Mm -hmm. if you've spent time with Jesus. But if you spend time with the things of this world, it's going to look like that. Right. So the action, the laying down of the sacrifice bunt for the kingdom of God 
and actually successfully laying it down um, will be shown to those around you by the things that come out of your mouth because of the transformation of your mind, because of the washing of the word. Mm -hmm. It'll come out in the things that um, um, you you do. I mean, you'll be more um, generous. You'll be more loving. You'll be more peaceful. You'll be more kind. You'll be more gentle. All of those patient, ooh, mm. even on your way to work, right? All right. So all of those things are going to show up because of your transformation. Mm-hmm. So you got to present yourself. you got to transform your mind, and then it's got to show up in the action. Okay, You can't just stand in the batter's box and say you're going to bunt right, and then never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's being a lukewarm Christian. Right. Okay, that's saying that you're a Christian, but not actually showing it by the fruit of your life. So your life really should be a testimony mm-hmm. to the people around you of who you've been spending time with. It's it's like um, someone told me one time that there's two dogs fighting for attention in your life. One's the world and one's the kingdom of God. Whichever you feed more is going to overcome the other one. Mm-hmm. So what you feed in your life is going to come out in the fruit of your life. It, it says in the word of God that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And I say that to my boys all the time. Yep. So what is in your heart? It's going to show up by what you spend time with. Mm-hmm. And like everybody hears, actions speak louder than words. And sometimes you don't even have to say anything for people to notice um, something's different about you. Yeah, someone told me one time, preach the word of God and sometimes use words. Yeah. It should be shown with your life first. Mm-hmm. That should be the proof. People don't want, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Right. And something funny just popped into my head. Like, I remember growing up and um, our baseball team, We it was a small town team. And so big thing for you was to look presentable as a baseball team. If your shirt wasn't tucked in, if your shoes weren't tied. Well, it's all about that discipline. Yeah. And so if you didn't look like a ball team when you got on the field, my dad was going to say something like, hey, tuck your shirt in, look like a ball player, and then you'll play like a ball player. And so that that it just popped into my head. Not just that, but then as we were running, either before the game or after the game, a big thing for you was run as a team. And if there was a straggler, we'd have to take another lap. And so if we didn't run as a group, and I remember um, running in all my catcher's equipment, and I would usually always be the slowest one. And so everybody's like, wait for Kidwell. Wait for him. He's slow. So that means we got to slow down, and we got to run as a group, because if we don't, we're taking another lap. And that has so many kingdom connotations you know um how many times do we you know get in a place where we think that we're um we've made it for the kingdom of god you know we're thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to and we start looking at the people around us and um kind of with some disgust and abandoning them because we think we've made it but that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to run as a team. Right. 
Or or you see someone like, man, look at them. They're doing all these great things for God. Why can't I be like them? And so the comparison is really how um, the devil moves in into your downfall. Yeah, and it's it's all about discipleship. If we're going to be set apart men of God, it's going to show up in our lifestyle, and it's also going to show up in how we build up other men mm-hmm. and how we um, try to keep pace with ones that, that are struggling mm-hmm. and helping them and helping them along. Um, we should we should take what we've learned and what we've been transformed with by spending time with Jesus, and we should share it by helping others come along that way too. It's not like, you know, catch up with me now. You're going too slow. It's, right. it's you know what, I'm going to take the time and spend time with this brother because he's struggling. Mm-hmm. And God put it on my heart to see what I can't see that only you can see and how I can help him. If it's to pray, you know, definitely pray for your brother. Or if you see your your brother fall, come along and just love on him. Mm-hmm. The love of Jesus Christ can cover a multitude of sins. Right. So we need to act this out um, on a daily basis as set apart men of God. Mm-hmm. We have to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. The coach is asking us to put that button down. He's he's given us the button sign. He wants us to sacrifice for the better of the team so we can score. Are you willing to do it? Yeah. Um, and with that, we we like to thank you for listening. Um, we really hope that what was shared today can really help you um, to live a sacrificial life. And and that look, being a Christian and looking like a Christian is two very different things because we're not trying to preach religion. We're not trying to preach all this. We just want relationship. Yeah, it's there's religion is man-made. Relationship is Christ-made. And so we're not looking to come across with any kind of um, religious banner. We just want to act. Um, we, we want what the Word of God says to do mm-hmm. to show up in our lives, and that's how we're going to be set apart, holy men of God, and really strive towards, pitch towards holiness. And mm-hmm. so we we have a we have a job ahead of us. Um, as men, we have pride. We have male pride. And we have you know all all those things that we think that we deserve and all those things that we think that we need we need to lay aside and really ask God to renew our mind mm-hmm. transform us into the likeness and image of Christ and Christ was the ultimate example of sacrifice mm-hmm. he gave up everything for us he came into a flesh suit just like we have and um, all God inside that flesh suit. And he gave up all of that to take on the sins of the world for you and for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's the greatest sacrifice that's ever been made. Not only did he die on the cross, but he took on the sins of all mankind so we could be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And that's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves me. And if he's willing to sacrifice that for me, before I even made a decision for him, the least I can do and what I desire to do is lay my life down 
for him. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that every time he asks me to sacrifice bunt, I'm going to hit it perfectly? No, sometimes you're going to foul the ball off. Mm-hmm. But there's always another pitch. There's always another opportunity. Kingdom of God's asking you to sacrifice yourself for the team. Again, I'm going to ask you, are you going to do it? Let's pray. Well, Lord God, we thank you for this day, Lord God, and we just thank you for everything you're doing through this podcast. I just pray, Lord God, that whenever we get that bunk call, that we can execute and um, give our all. Lord God, I just pray that we wouldn't fall, that we wouldn't um, let the world take us down, Lord God. I just pray for everybody that's listening. I pray, Lord God, that you would just give them a good day. Um, that you would just be with them. Lord God, I ask for blessings upon anybody that listens to this. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you again for listening to the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. I'm Mike Kidwell. Thank you.